0: Come and listen to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion.
1: Welcome to the Shady Grove Radio Podcast, a production of Shady Grove United Methodist Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia.
0: Listen to the music in the air turn your radio turn your radio and glory this share. week
1: we'll hear a message from Pastor Darcy entitled Grace and Peace a good place to start based on Ephesians 1 1 through10
0: good morning I'm Terry York and I'm going to be reading this morning from the new revised standard Version of the Bible from Ephesians chapter 1 verses 1 through 10. just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, According to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: God. Let's have a word of prayer together. Gracious Lord, we want to thank you for your word, for it is alive, and it speaks into our lives. And so come, Holy Spirit, make the connections, lift forward the things that we need to see and notice, the things that by your grace are needing to be changed. Come and speak into our lives, living God. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for indeed you are our rock and our Redeemer in the name of Jesus amen well I want to say an official worship infused resoundingly congregational hello to everyone amen it is uh, my profound privilege to begin to serve here as your pastor and I want to communicate together with my family and they are there hello family there's the Johnson family right there Sorry, teenagers are gonna love me um, Uh, We want to say thank you for the welcome that we have already received through the Staff Parish Relations Committee, through church leadership, through church council. Um, we wanna thank you for the uh, email welcomes and the social media reach outs. Um, thank you so much for the ways in which you have already made us feel uh, really welcome and folding us in to the community here um, at Shady Grove. And I did get to participate also in Vacation Bible School and I was sort of under the radar because I was one of the group leaders for the preschool And so I got to meet people and talk with them. And then like day two or three, I was like, by the way, I'm your new pastor. And they're like, great. You can see I'm saying like, what did I say to her? You know, Um, it was like stealth. I loved it. Um, And I also got to meet many of the young disciples in the church and the teenagers and students and young adults and families. And wow, y'all have an amazing congregation. And I cannot wait to even more fully become a part of it and meet more of of y'all. So I know that some of you have maybe read a bio uh, about um, how it is that God has brought us to this place for me to serve and and our family together. Um, But I wanna expand the hello just a little bit and share with you some of how God has brought us um, to be in this faith community. So I grew up in Conroe, Texas, uh, 38 miles north of Houston, mom, dad, and an older brother. And we were plugged into the First United Methodist Church of Conroe. Um, And I would say in my early teens, I was a peripheral participant. Um, Faith was not really, you know, my center point or my anchor or my north star. Um, But then I was invited to go on a youth retreat. It's actually called Chrysalis, and it's the youth version of the Walk to Emmaus. And uh, when I was 15. And I have to tell you, I had a life changing, absolutely transformative, never will be the same experience of our living God. And I i made a decision to be a Christ follower, to be a Jesus follower at that time. I mean, it was... Um, I once was lost, but, but now I see, you know, or once was lost, now I'm found. I once was blind, and now I see kind of an experience. You know, people come to faith in all sorts of different ways. Some folks, it's a, it's a gradual kind of onboarding um, where they can't remember a time where they didn't sense the presence of God with them. And others, they can really point to a time and a space and a place. And really, probably the life of discipleship is a, is a mixture of the two um, as we grow in faith. Um, but it really was at that retreat that I made a commitment to be um, a Christ follower. And so um, then after that, I went all in into youth group and into uh, growing in my faith. And I went on to attend um, undergraduate at Texas Christian University. So go horn frogs. There's not many of us here around here. but And as I, I neared graduation from undergrad, I was trying to discern where God wanted me to go next. What were, what were next steps? God, where did you want me to go? I had received sort of a call to ministry. It was still percolating, um, but I was unsure. I remember calling my dad and saying, you know, I'm unsure on next steps, and my dad said, here's a step. You need to go get a job, amen? <laughs> How about that? Um, so I ended up um, being a full-time volunteer at Habitat for Humanity in Portland, Oregon, um, and then I eventually joined the staff there and then I was also a youth director for the downtown First United Methodist Church in Portland and it was through these experiences of ministry that God solidified my call to seminary God you know it was I was I was headed to seminary I needed I, I had experienced the call so I went to um, Emory University Candler School of Theology in Atlanta Georgia it was also a Total bonus that my then boyfriend, Drew Johnson at the time, was also studying um, in ministry at Candler at the time. It was also the very first week uh, there at Candler that I saw a flyer on a bulletin board that said, come and be a pastor in England. And I, you know when the Holy Spirit sparks and says, like, focus, look at this. Um, And I said, I want to do that. And so as I graduated from seminary um, with my now husband, Drew Johnson, um, I took an appointment in the British Methodist Church and served for three years, uh, two hours west of London in Wiltshire County. We were very close to Stonehenge and Bath. Um, We literally went to Stonehenge like 20 times. taking people who came to visit. But we were there for three years. It was a, it was a wonderful, powerful time of ministry. So thankful um, for that time. It was also during our, our stint in England that God solidified my husband's call to teach because he's ordained in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ tradition um, and thought maybe two preachers in the family was a bit much. And so he was like, I would like to teach. Um, He taught at an all-boys Roman Catholic school founded in the 17th century. I mean, it really was like Harry Potter, a little bit. Um, So when we returned to the United States, I had affiliated my ordination uh, with the Oregon-Idaho Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. Um, And so I was appointed to serve um, a a church, a mid-sized church, in Burley, Idaho, um, we served for five years. Uh, we ate a lot of potatoes, and we welcomed our first crop of children, um, Hannah and Grace, into the mix. Now, at this point, Drew had been staying home with our girls part and working part-time, um, and I was working full-time, and we wanted to swap. I wanted to be at home, um, and so... He interviewed, he, he sent out his, his resume to private schools to teach religion all across the country, even some international, and I have to tell you, part of the effort was to get back home to grandparents in Texas or Arkansas, right? Grandparents, oh, thank you Jesus for grandparents. <laughs> um, so it was surprising when Drew, after interviewing, he, he called and said, I know that it's not Texas or Arkansas, but I know that God is calling me to teach at this school. And it was St. Catherine's School for Girls here in Richmond, Virginia. And I said to him, we don't know anybody in Virginia. like, ain't nobody gonna babysit these children. Um, But we went and came, and Virginia has been our home since 2008, and God has been beyond faithful. I then took a part-time appointment uh, serving at, at Memorial, United Methodist Church. It's right on historic Route 5 in Charles City County. If you ever ride the Capitol Trail that far, you've probably passed right by it. Um, it grew to full time um, in three years. So it started out at 50% and the church grew and then it became full time and it was a it was a blessed time in ministry there. And then I was appointed to River Road United Methodist Church and I served there for eight years. Um, and it was a fruitful time of ministry, including um, the birth of our daughter, Thea, who's now three and a half. That's why I was in the preschool group, you see, um, at Vacation Bible School. I was like legitimately there. Um, and now God has led us to this place and to this faith community, this church at Shady Grove. And I'm just, I'm so thankful. Um, and I've really been looking forward to this day because you know it's in worship where we we truly greet one another in the name of Jesus. It's during worship that we soulfully welcome one another. It's also in worship where we remember how God asks us to greet and welcome other people. And so as we are saying hello today, um, let's look to scripture to see the pattern that it gives us and how we are to welcome and greet one another. So how does scripture teach us to welcome? It does it very succinctly using two words. You ready? Grace and peace. Um, Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This phrase, it is strategically placed and sprinkled um, all throughout scripture and probably most frequently and formally within the New Testament letters. Um, We heard it right from our scripture reading from Ephesians right at the beginning in the first chapter, grace to you and peace um, from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 1.3, Paul writes grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 1.7, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You picking up the theme here, right? Before Paul moves on, into any business whatsoever, before he teaches, rejoices, rebukes, encourages, or admonishes, what does he begin with? Grace and peace. Even to the Galatian church. Have you ever read Paul's letter to the church in Galatia? Oof, ouch! Paul is hopping mad when he writes this letter to the church in Galatians. Um, you see that they were, they were following false, a false teacher, they were ingesting um, an alternative gospel, a harmful theology, um, and Paul was writing them to, to say what's going on. In verse six of the first chapter, he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, but even, even when Paul is writing a come-to-Jesus letter about Jesus to the church, right, even then, chapter 1, verse 3, what does he say? Grace and peace to you for our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Before any meetings, before any church council or fellowship dinner, before choir rehearsal, before a small group or a youth trip or pickleball, you gotta begin with grace. And peace, and it's not just a Paul writing a New Testament phenomena. It's also in the Old Testament as well. We find grace and peace, for example, in the book of Numbers. This is one of the five books of the law. Um, and in this, this passage, um, Moses is reaching out to Aaron, um, who is his brother and his mouthpiece. And Aaron is training up leaders to help lead within the Israelite nation. Um, And Moses says to Aaron, when you are forming them, when you're teaching them, when you're training them, say this to them. Let these be your formative words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. There it is, grace and peace. Before the hands become busy, before you head to work or school or wake up to the family or drive to go hang out with friends, we remember how it is we are called as followers of Jesus to greet, to welcome and to be with one another. This is what Christ is counting on us to do and be in the world, grace and peace. So what does it mean to say hello in grace? To say hello in grace means that we remember that all that we are and all that we have comes by the way of God's mercy and love to us, shown to us most clearly in the life of Jesus. Grace is the unearned, unmerited love of God in Christ Jesus. There is nothing you can do to to be good enough to to earn it or put on an image um, together enough to have access to it. God's grace means that there is nothing you can do to make God love you any more, and there is nothing you can do to make God love you any less. But what we are asked to do is to receive it, to let our lives be changed by it, and then extend it to others. And I think God's grace is so pervasive. It is so extensive. It is beyond even our imagination of how it is working in the world right now. I think, believe, that it is God's grace that is literally holding this world together. I remember I went hiking in the Pacific Northwest when I lived in Oregon, because you know, when you live in the Pacific Northwest, you hike. That's what just what you do. I went in Rome. Um, and we were we were hiking, we came around a, a turn, and we were in a heavily forested gorge, and we came upon a huge swath of the the dirt, the soil, the land that had been washed away by recent rains or flooding. And what it revealed was this extensive root system. um, Just, you know, yards and yards and probably miles and miles of of roots that were intertwined and interconnected and far from their leafy um, exteriors. And I, I stopped for a moment and I looked at that extensive root system And I thought, this is how the grace of God works. Um, The grace of God is the root system that holds our world, the very ground that we walk upon, and the life that you are living, God's grace is holding it together. We cannot fathom just how far and deep and wide and vast is the grace of God towards us. We can't even imagine all that it has saved us from, oh mercy, and what it has saved us for is God's will unfolding in our lives. Now, I I suspect that all of y'all come with your own stories of grace, ways that you have received um, sustenance, you've received fortification, whether you deserved it or not. Um, You have... Walked a path marked by tremendous gifts that God has given to you. You Can you just imagine that for a moment? A family that supports you or knows you. Friends that sustain you. Places that root you. Um, And I suspect that each of us also come with stories of struggle and loss, of fear or uncertainty. Times when all you could do was put one foot in front of the other and trust that the path was there and that the grace was indeed holding you up. When we greet one another with grace, when we choose to be God's grace in the world, we remember that we are not our own, that we exist to love and forgive just as God has loved and forgiven us. When we greet in grace, we remember that we are one sinner to another. We are no better, but we're no worse either, amen? We are equally redeemed by God. I think of Sunday worship. I think it's many things within the life of faith, but I think of it as a time where we pause from all the activity and the busyness of our lives, and we, we notice and we look and we think about the extensive root system of God's grace in our own lives. We, we think about how we are being held up by the mercy of God. We greet in grace and we greet in peace. Now, peace, Um, It comes as we remember the grace of God. Peace is a byproduct of placing ourselves in God's mercy and presence. Peace, it results from claiming that God is both our means and our end. We remember that God's grace has sustained us, and when we have the faith to trust that it's there, even when we can't perceive it, then the peace of God, it finds us. Um, I remember a woman in my home church, a woman that I, I grew up knowing, and um, she was always kind of in the orbit. Her name is was Mrs. Tickner. She has gone to be with Jesus. She's in glory now. But she was a person that just exuded this sense about her. You ever met someone that just sort of exudes a sense? It was like one part joy, uh, two parts Faith with a generous helping of graciousness. Like she just, she exuded that sort. Just even to the point that I remember, even when I was a teenager, I wanted to find her. I was like, "Where's Mrs. Tickner today? I want to go say hi." She'd always ask me about um, how was school, and then she'd pause and really listen and ask questions. And um, and I remember noticing how she was in the world. Um, I noticed the ways in which she talked to people and she listened. I noticed um, that she would hand a card to someone or give them a hug. I knew that she uh, led a Bible study for women who were incarcerated. And I knew that the word in the church was, if you had a prayer need, go tell Mrs. Tickner, go tell Jan, because she she would get down on her knees and pray for you, and she would honor that. I even noticed and watched Mrs. Tickner the day of her husband's funeral the day when her beloved husband of 40-plus years died, and she, she cried and held on to her daughter's hand. But do you know what? It was still there, that, that sense and that countenance. And what I came to realize is that was the peace of God dwelling within her. It was the peace of God that, that attracted and drew people to her. Um, and, you know, she can't manufacture that. We don't manufacture the peace of God On our own, we can't create it or muster it up. We receive it, we allow it to change us, and then we pass it along to others. That's the gospel way. So, grace and peace to you, Shady Grove UMC. I'm gonna be saying a lot of hellos, and nice to meet you, and oh, I've heard about you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But before we do anything else, I want to say hello hello in grace from one forgiven sinner to another hello in peace with assurance that comes as we trust in God together we have lots to do and we're gonna by the grace of God offer life-changing ministry but first grace to you and peace from our God and Father and our Lord Jesus Christ Because this is a good place to start. Let us pray. God, we want to thank you for the grace and peace. It's the way that you welcome us. It's the way that you form us and shape us every day. And then you say, go out into the world and share that grace and peace with others, Lord. And so we ask that you give us the strength and the wisdom to do just that, in all the places and the pockets where we dwell this week. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Get a little heaven down in your soul. Get in touch with God. And turn your radio on.
0: Turn your radio on. Well, turn your radio on. And, and listen to the music in the air. air. Turn your radio turn on. Turn your radio and on. Then glory share. Listen to the Master's Radio Get in touch with-